With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Rain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not after three! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Madame et Monsieur, welcome, willkommen, bienvenue to the second annual Cobblers to Me Awards, live from the homes of four loyal Cobblers fans across the United Kingdom. Let's get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, please be upstanding for your host, Charles Cummins. Yes, hello. Welcome to the second annual Cobblers to Me Awards, now known as the Bayos. I am indeed your host, but I am not alone. Please welcome into your ears, Danny Brothers, Chessie, Jeffy Coleman, and back and by magic from the wonders of six fields on Monday night, it's Neil Edgerton Scott. Hello. Everyone's favourite. <laughs> well, you say that, Danny, interestingly, your brother's favourite. It, yeah, which I was a bit offended by, but, you know. Well, yeah. you know, he obviously wants me to be his brother, so. <laughs> How was uh, six? When did you get back, Neil? 
uh, about an hour ago. <laughs> Been having a bloody brilliant time. <laughs> Just me, I took a tent down. Right. You know the roundabout? Been camping in the middle of there. <laughs> <laughs> On the hour, every hour, just been opening opening the zip up and sticking my head out and shouting out, we are going up. Well done. <laughs> You're opening your zip up every hour. Every hour on the hour. I, mean, I know it was a good it, win, Neil. But... And sticking it out. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's back, Neil's back, Neil's back. What are we doing tonight? We're looking back at the this year's highlights, aren't we? And some of the lowlights, Neil. Like... Your hair. Uh, and like... And beard. Hey. And beard, yeah, mainly well, the beard, actually. Hey, hey, I'll take the hair one, not the beard one. You leave that beard alone. We're going to look back. We're going to look back on all the times that we praised Keith Curl and said he's definitely the right man for the job. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Danny, how's the, uh, how's the Curl Out blog going? <laughs> Curlout.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake blog that's just appeared out of nowhere that somehow uh, Kelvin Thomas knows about as well <laughs> talking of Kelvin Thomas uh, going back to that beard point Kelvin Thomas he specifically I remember him saying that's a great beard Neil he and did yeah you're right I like to think if you saw his latest video update where I believe he does mention the pod doesn't he he does yes he also is sporting a rather dashing beard himself so I feel like I've inspired him Groomed, that's what he is. I don't know what we can call you. I thought you were going to say, I've groomed him. I was like, <laughs> have I? <laughs> no. No, no. It would be a surprise. Uh, so what are we doing? We're giving out these these awards, aren't we? What are they called now? The Bayos. Is that like the Dundies from The Office? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, if you've not seen these awards, they are on Twitter. And on our Facebook, go and take a look. They're beautiful, aren't they, guys? Do you do you like the look of them? I love them. I'd want one. Well, who knows? You might win one. I know. I've seen the running order, Charles. So <laughs> don't 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 tease me like that. Beard of the year. Beard? Oh no, you can't. No. What about Jordan Turnbull? Or oh, the exit? The Exeter keeper had a good beard. The Exeter keeper had a beard that um, wasn't befitting the type of goalkeeper he was. I thought. <laughs> Seemed, or, or his height, I thought. <laughs> he looked like he he looked he, he looked he constantly looked surprised and he's surprised that a beard's just suddenly grown out of his face. He didn't have it the day before. Like, What's this thing? That's put that's what caught him off. He looked he looked to me like he'd been foraging in a bin. <laughs> a little bit. He looked he, he genuinely looked like the sort of like they've just dragged him off the street and went, right, get in goal for us. He did. He looks he looked surprised to be there, didn't he? Yeah. So oh, Big Hands. Big Hands isn't well. He can't go in. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Happy Gilmore? Have you ever seen Happy Gilmore, the film Happy Gilmore? Oh, <laughs> what yes. is that? Well, it's a fan- you need to watch it, Jeffy. It's a fantastic golf film. But A golf film? It's, yeah, it's, it's Adam Sandler. It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's, fan- it's rubbish, but so rubbish, it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> But there's a bit. There's a bit in that. This is going somewhere. There's a bit in that where he he qualifies. One week he's been gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he qualifies next week. He, he, uh, he qualifies for the golf tour, and he he doesn't realise he needs to get his own caddy. So he just gets this homeless guy who's cleaning uh, his cleaning some cars in the car park, and that homeless guy 
also looks like the Exeter keeper. <laughs> Max dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, Absolutely love it. sorry. Back to the awards. Okay, so before we get on to our first award, should we go back to where it all began this season for the Cobblers and the pod? You were the idiot trying to trying to pull yourself off as a Spanish person, and I'm not sure pull yourself off the right time. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming live, kind of recorded, from the open day. We've had a cracking day and the game's about to start. I've had a lovely day. I feel like we've chosen the wrong end. It won't be the first time you've chosen the wrong end, Neil. As we mean to go on, Danny. So we're about to go on the uh, the trap to bus, boys. How are we feeling about escaping from a double-decker bus? Uh, I've tried it before, but concerned but excited, Charles. There was that one time that Neil got kicked off a bus, so that might happen again. I'm glad you only remember the one time. The hat. The hat. The crazy special. BDK's hat. I actually think that's the best thing that has happened this season. Here we go. His name was Curtis Yebley. If you were to say, describe to me a modern footballer, that's what he looked like. Earrings? Had, yep. A couple of earrings in. Headphones? He had, he had AirPods in. Like a stylish hip top. Hip hop hop top. Hip hop hop top. Hip hop hop top. And Charlie Goode's back, which is good. Um, didn't feature today. Vidane Oliver, though, he did. And he scored a hat trick. Just got to hope that that's not all his goals dried that's it. out. He's done it. Yeah, he's done it. He's yeah, done yeah. it for the season. That's yeah. it. Now. <laughs> scored three in a pre-season friendly, and then never scores again. Welcome back to Northampton. Thank you. Um, nice to be back. Yeah, brilliant. Well, obviously, you have a real soft spot for the football club. It was amazing for us, and uh, one of the best times in my career, actually. It was like being back. Yeah, last time was a little bit more hectic, but nice. No, it's, it's fabulous. Every season, you think it's going to be better than the last, you know, you, you hope for improvement. And it's just about hoping now whether the manager can gel them together and get them playing in an attractive manner, which is what we all want to see. Eternal hope uh, is what you have to have when you're a Cobblers fan, don't you? Um, you? You must believe in Santa Claus more than anything. We always think this is going to be the season and I think he's gone out there, he's been ruthless, he's got what he wants. And now this is obviously his squad and he's, he's got no excuses. Seven. Seven. And I think we'll go up in the playoffs. Oh, that's interesting. Keith's hat was a thing of beauty, wasn't it, really? Let's be honest. It was. It took pre-season by storm, didn't it? Mm. Well, um... <laughs> More than the players did, you mean, Danny? Yeah. <laughs> it distracted <laughs> us all from the players. It, it did, and it made pre-season more fun than it usually is, didn't it? <laughs> the thing about it was, it was so out of character for Keith Carl just to suddenly <laughs> put this have hat, hat on. <laughs> well, to have that kind of hat on, and the fact that he's just like, yeah, it's just a hat. You know, when someone asked him about it, someone yeah. <laughs> someone mentioned it because it was getting a lot of traction on social media and stuff. One of the reporters asked him about it. He said, yeah, it's just, just my summer hat. That's what it is. He, he, he was like in full-on holiday, holiday mode, wasn't he? It's the sort of hat that you buy. You're on holiday, you've forgotten to take a hat with you. You're walking down the seafront, you're like, oh, I'll just grab a hat from here. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's having an all-English and Jaeger bombs at 7am in the morning. <laughs> and Matalan just sold out of the hats as well, didn't they? They did, yeah. We had to do a special order. (laughs) We also had a lot of fun, didn't we, in pre-season going to some of the friendlies. So uh, Silby, me and uh, me and you, Neil, uh, enjoyed our time at Silby, didn't we? Or or Silby, as Danny likes to call it. (laughs) Sillers, yeah, we had a good time at Sillers, didn't we? It kind of felt like um, we 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 broke our embarrassment cherry 
No, that's what you call it, is it? <laughs> well, do you remember we were we were stood there when you you had your kids as well? Don't yeah, forget, I had the boys, yeah. And we stood there, microphones out, an umbrella covering up because it was a bit rainy at times, wasn't it? Throughout the afternoon, it was a little. And then just to our right, just some just some cobblers players stood there wondering what the hell was going on. Yeah, we were. I would describe our performance from a podcast point of view that day as tentatively diabolical. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, this summer, Charles is going to be more well-known because of his media appearances, right? So he's obviously going to get... He's just going to get mobbed because of his appearances. Imagine he's going to travel around the country in like a a massive motorhome. (laughs) With his face on the side of it. I did enjoy the fact that it got called out on Stand Up Bingo at the weekend and Kel- several times by Tom. Hi, Tom. Uh, and then Kelvin joined in in the comments by saying he was expecting me to have appeared on ESPN. <laughs> 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 that was that was good. Uh, and of course, we also, uh, over pre-season, we, we got to meet Chris Wilder, Alan Neal, Nicky Adams, few other people as well at the community day didn't we and the Sheffield United friendly that was a really good day wasn't it guys yeah it's all right wasn't it, it was I enjoyed right. that day I enjoyed yeah. it yeah I enjoyed the enjoyed day it. Yeah, it was good nice trans fans checking out the new kit but Chris Wilder and Alan they were good guys aren't they mm. gave us quite a lot of their time so did Nicky Adams as well highlight of pre-season I'd say apart from the hat apart from that'd be our time we went, into the, <laughs> went into the trapped van before it got going <laughs> we did, didn't we? I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we also didn't we didn't we play the penalty shootout thing? We did. Yeah, we yes. did, didn't we? <laughs> embarrassingly. Embarrassingly. We didn't do particularly well, did we? No. I think Isaac did better than us. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as well as all of that, of course, um Keith Kell made fourteen signings over the summer. And it wasn't just new faces at the football club, as we had one too. Our very own new signing, Chessie Coleman. Welcome to the podcast, Chessie. Hiya. So tell us a little bit about yourself then, Chessie. Introduce yourself to all the listeners. Um, So I've been a Cobblers fan for just over 20 years. Um, I was brainwashed, I would say, by my father at the age of five uh, into being a Cobblers fan. I live in Somerset, so I'm regularly teased by Bristol Rovers, uh, Yeovil, Plymouth, Exeter fans. But I stuck with it, and I'm here to tell the tale still. Could I just say I really I was much more a fan of, well, not a fan, but uh, more a fan of Neil's first word on the podcast <laughs> a couple of years ago. Jesse went with Jesse went with higher. Do you not remember your first ever word on the podcast? Neil? I do. No, what was it? Uh, it was bollocks. Charles had gone into some some sort of rant about something or some something saying something good about the club mm-hmm. and you just went yeah. bollocks that was your first ever word on the podcast i mean to be fair neil you started as you went on didn't you in my in my defense i was at center parks and pretty drunk and uh, i did fall off the chair as well jeffy yeah yeah anyway this is we're welcoming jeffy anyway welcome jeffy and yeah. also, very- i got a new name you did, yeah. You went from Chessie to Jeffy in the space of a year. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we ever actually explained it either. <laughs> no, no one really knows. 
No, we'll leave the mystery there as well. Yeah. We don't want to change. We don't want to let people know. <laughs> no. Jeff Illusion. But it, it was very nice to have you on board. I mean, of course, actually, originally, you were just going to be a loan signing while Danny was away at his Magic Book Festival. Yeah, you <laughs> Magic, can get rid of me. Magic Book Festival. It's gone from giant, giant book festival to Magic Book Festival. <laughs> a la like a carpet, but it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we welcomed you with open arms, and you've been a fantastic addition to the podcast, even if it is simply to tick a box. Thank you for being here. <laughs> what is that? Is that the farmer diversity policy, is it? Quite right. Time for our first award now, the signing of the season. Oh, it's a big one. Signing of the season. Carl was on a bit of a mission last summer, wasn't he? Um, Just a bit. A lot of uh, high owners. Bye, Ash, gone. Um, <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ash trying to put together his last pieces of his jigsaw puzzle. So what do we have? We had Nicky Adams and Ryan Watson. Yeah, Big Steve Arnold. Reese Hall-Johnson. Yep, still here. Uh, Chris Lyons, Joe Martin. The Animal, of course. Oh, bye, Animal. We, we will miss you. Uh, Harry Smith. Jesse. Yeah, Matty, yeah, Harry Smith, Matty Bagel Warburton, Charlie Good, Dane Oliver, then Scott Morton and Andy Fisher. <laughs> I'd forgotten about Andy Fisher. I'd forgotten about him. I think he did he leave in January? Mm. He must have done, I think. He came in, didn't he, because Steve Arnold got injured at Port Vale. Yeah. He did tweet Andy Fisher, didn't he, before the playoffs saying good luck to Northampton. So that was nice. Oh, he in September, we obviously offered a deal to Egg, 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 That worked out well. He did. Did you remember he came on and did that one bit of skill? And I thought it was going to be amazing. You, you were in bits. You thought he was the next Ali Gibb. You did. I really did. I thought this is the thing that's going to turn our season around. New John Hodge. Better. Uh, what do we get? Um, um, Neil signed as well in early September. Neil Harriman, Neil Michael Harriman, he signed, and then Paul Anderson signed in October. So January was uh, all about filling those last few places. We got a few loanies in. Lloyd Jones came in. Remember him? I do. Whatever ha- actually happened to him? He disappeared. Was it ever announced that he'd left? No. What, he just or did he do away, a kneel? He? he did a kneel on Monday night at Sixfields. Just poof. He was, was before um, the playoffs. He just disappeared, didn't he? He must have gone back to Luton or wherever it was he came from. But ridiculously, on the hotel end, there's, there's a guy on there that is friends with Lloyd Jones's brother or something or whatever, or he claims to be friends with him, and reckons that Inter Milan were interested in him. Right, okay. <laughs> right. I know. Right. Inter Milan. If that, if that becomes turns out to be true. I mean, Inter, that, Milan scouts, Inter Milan scouts regularly scour Luton. Uh, for the next big sign. Anyway, we had um, James Olyinka who came in as well, played at Wembley, did a good job. And obviously, Mr. Ginger Pele himself, the one and only Callum Morton, came in. Mark Marshall Mathers also came in, uh, signed a deal to the end of the season. Eminem. <laughs> yep, Eminem. He, <laughs> he signed and that, that uh, gave him a bit of a promotion bonus and a new contract by the sounds of it. So, what a Mark. So... We finally got here after that long story about who signed this year. Um, who wins? I enjoyed it, Jenny. It was great. I enjoyed it a Good. lot. So who do you think is going to win? Signing of the season. Uh, I'll tell you what, if it's not Michael Harriman, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> <laughs> Should we check out the nominations? Signing of the season. 
Callum Morton, Charlie Good, Vidane Oliver, Nicky Adams. And the winner is Callum Morton. Callum Morton was signed on loan from West Bromwich Albion in January. The striker scored his first goal for the club at Macclesfield in February and went on to finish the season with eight goals from 12 appearances. Morton was given the nickname of Ginger Pele just to annoy Swindon Town fans. Yeah, well done Callum. It's fully deserved, I think, if only for those playoffs goals, but good contributions all round and what a sign in I think for the impact he had it had to be him that's it for part one we'll be back after we hear from BBC Radio Northampton's Jake Sharp well never in doubt was it really um, <laughs> uh, extraordinary how the season ended but if you go back to the beginning of the season we, we kind of hoped didn't we as, as Cobblers fans and we're talking about where they might end up and Keith Curl had mentioned it as well that the playoffs uh, and potentially pushing for promotion was the aim. Uh, you never know how it's going to go, especially what they signed 14 new players over the summer and everyone didn't know how they were going to gel. The jury was still out on Keith Curl as well. He hadn't had universal support, had he, uh, throughout his time at the club and especially after axing so many players in the summer. And then you get round to the first game of the season, which they go and lose in familiar fashion as well, creating loads of chances, uh, enough to go and win the game. Uh, but they go on and lose and it, they started slowly didn't they but they we slowly saw them become a team who were quite streaky so when they had these losses a couple in a row uh, they had the Walsall one and then they, they didn't pick up that first win until away at Swindon we started to get a glimpse of what this team were going to be about when they were playing the good teams as they have done over the last couple of years they put in the good performances remember at Exeter against Plymouth at home they hammered crew uh, as well but then you play against the the other side, the teams in the lower half, Macclesfield, that game at home when they lost late on. And you just wonder, do they have it in them to go on a playoff campaign and a playoff push? And they stayed in and amongst it, didn't they, for, for pretty much the whole season. There were some real standout performers in there. Charlie Good, who's been unbelievable all season. I've got to admit, I I, I thought he was a good player when he was on load at the Cobblers last season. We saw him mainly at right-back, didn't we? But I didn't think he was that good. Um, and we've seen him at centre-half, part of that back three, and he's absolutely commanding. And some other good performers in there as well. I thought Sam Hoskins had a really good season. Um, don't forget about how important Sean McWilliams was at the start of the year as well in that mid- midfield before his injury. And the emergence of Vidane Oliver, it's important to remember that I think until about October, we hadn't seen much of Vidane Oliver. He had his first start away at Colchester and it was a poor day for the cobblers all round and uh, he didn't look up to much but he's been fantastic as well and then we move on and they just went on the a bit of, off the ball didn't they they had a bit of a wobble before the covid and the, the coronavirus outbreak started and they they lost to Mansfield at home it was another poor game and we were nervously looking at the run in Difficult games away from home like Bradford, Newport, Plymouth, Crewe, all to come. Port Vale storming out of nowhere, apparently, to break in to that top seven. And we just got that little bit nervous. And then probably the biggest slice of luck the Cobblers could have hoped for it was the season being curtailed and the points per game. And, and it then going into a, a playoff campaign, which we've got to say, I mean, you can't, you can't sugarcoat it. In hindsight, in aftertime, you've got to say it wasn't nailed on, was it, that they were going to get into that top seven? But there they were. And then, well, 
what happened then is uh, is going to live long in Cobbler's memories, isn't it? I thought they were done and dusted after that 2-0 loss against Cheltenham in the first leg. I didn't think they they could score three against Cheltenham. I thought they could beat them, maybe give them a decent game, but Cheltenham's so good defensively. And then basically in 180 minutes, the second Cheltenham leg in the playoff final, to go and absolutely dominate two teams who were not out of the top three race and two teams I've been impressed with all season is a spectacular achievement. Um, and it is really fantastic. And the work the club have done off the field as well, it's been a really, a really interesting time for the club and a really productive time on and off the pitch. Now we look ahead, look at those fixtures coming up. Peterborough, Sunderland, uh, Ipswich. It's going to be a good season next season. And I'm excited about the players that the Cobblers could potentially bring in uh, and especially keep hold of. Callum Morton as well. How good was he? Um, so yeah, what a season for the Cobblers. Never in doubt, as I said, never in doubt. Welcome back to part two of this year's Bayos. The season didn't exactly get off to the start we had hoped for, did it, Neil? Uh, no, Charles, it didn't, did it? It didn't, mate. It was awful, to be honest, wasn't it? Well, I, I don't, wouldn't say it was awful. I just, I wouldn't say it was great either. I think, you know. We're I notorious- think it was pretty bad. Yeah, but we're notoriously slow starters, aren't we? I mean, Sean took a four-month Speak for yourself. I mean, that that's quite that's quite an exceptionally bad start for Sean. <laughs> when, when did that actually begin? What, what game season. was it? So did he go? Did you go to Walsall? Yeah. So he went to that first game. Yeah, and he and he didn't go back until Salford in October. We played oh, quite yeah. quite well though against Walsall. But he didn't think so. Clearly. <laughs> He was fuming. He was like, I'm never going to watch him again. <laughs> to be so, fair, though, do you, remember, do you remember, me and you sat together, didn't we, Neil, in the East Stand? Yeah, unfortunately we did, mate. Yeah. All right, cheers, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, it did, after Warsaw scored, it did revert to just Route 1 yeah, pumping up the pitch, didn't it? It did, but I, did, I think we didn't deserve to lose that game against Warsaw, I didn't think. I think it was it was that natural disappointment of... First game of the season, you've built up to it, you're looking forward to it. And then, A, we didn't even score, and, and B, we lost. But actually, I think it wasn't a particularly bad performance. But it, I mean, they, I think they got worse from there. Yeah, I do I do think, I remember saying to you guys on the pod, actually, after that, that it looked like the plan was just give it to Nicky Adams mm. and let him cross it in. And it just didn't seem to happen, did it, against Walsall whatsoever, Danny? I don't know, I wasn't there, Charles. I was still at my big book fair. No, I wasn't actually. I was at the birth of my daughter, Charles. So. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't I? Paul. It was paternity time. Sorry, Danny. Paternity oh, yeah, he was yeah. on paternity yeah. leave, yeah. <laughs> um, so it passed me by completely that game, Charles, for obvious reasons. As it did most of the Cobblers squad. Uh, <laughs> can I just give a mention to our first win of the season while we're here as well? You can. That, uh, ridiculous Tuesday night at Swindon. Swindon won every game up to that point, and we hadn't won yeah. one yet. And then we that, shit that felt like open. the beginning of the shit <laughs> of the season, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's about three miles offside. Yeah, literally. I saw a clip of it the other day. Someone had knocked it together on on Twitter as, as a highlights package with a few of our, our other goals. He was so far offside. It was basically <laughs> in Oxford. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, if we did get those three points, we wouldn't be in the playoffs. That's so true. <laughs> it's amazing that that is actually the thing that, that could have seen us through 
above Port Vale. That's brilliant. I absolutely love it. I mean, it wasn't just on the pitch though that we had uh, some 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 moments. We had some great moments on the pod as well. Uh, let's take this one for example. My initial thoughts are: it was rubbish. It was boring. I'm have had enough of curl, and I'm pretty much in the curl out camp. <laughs> That must have been when you started writing your blog, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you know, it's yeah, actually really good. So uh, there's some more to it as well. Even after the Swindon win, I, don't, I just don't see where it's going. Um, I can't see any sign of progress. He's still blaming the players. He still doesn't kind of take it on board himself. He's still being stubborn. He's still playing one-dimensional. He's still playing not... He's completely bypassing players that need the ball. He's still playing Hoskins. He's well. <laughs> Hang on a minute. You're he's, his biggest fan. No, no. I've, I've, I'm gone. I'm gone. He's, he's already given someone else the title of biggest fan today. So I'm out of that. Um, it's a seven-year-old. <laughs> well, yeah. That's why I'm going to give it to him. And I'm, I'm just lost the love for Hoskins now. Oh, good. Um, blimey. Well, oh, good. 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 <laughs> that's a big <laughs> yeah. statement. Um, it is, and um, I've just said enough. I've had enough of everything, Charles. Um, and I just, like I said, I don't think I don't see it changing, and that's why I think I'm starting to go into the. If I'm not already pitched my tent in the camp, I'm pretty much on the way to the campsite. At that point, I'm probably on about two hours sleep a night. So oh, I, was, no. I was probably oh, pissed off. Here's the excuses. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, honestly, I can't have any excuses for that. I was in the curl-out <laughs> camp quite a few times over the season, and I readily admit it. Um. <laughs> uh, I absolutely loved that. I am so glad that you weren't expecting it. It's brilliant. Time now for our second award of the show. Neil, it's over to you for the Unfinished Business Award in association with the Yeast Stand. The Yeast Stand Award for Unfinished Business. So, the Unfinished Business Award, yeah, it's one of our most distinguished awards, isn't it? Um, yes. What do we look at? We look to reward either a person, a moment, or an inanimate object for not quite getting over the line. How does an inanimate object not get over the line? Ask the East stamp. <laughs> Good question. Good answer. Um, Ash Taylor's penalty won last year, didn't it? So that's probably... No, no, it didn't. Uh, what Dean Austin. Year? Dean Austin's Ooh. Northampton managerial career Ooh. won last year. And we did ask him if, we'd, uh, if he'd be available to present the award, but he failed to show any arsehole... Or answer Neil's texts. Uh, sounds like basically like Bayo. Bayo is still blanking me as well. Um, I, <laughs> I tried text- awards after. I tried. Well, I tried texting Bayo earlier, but you know when you send someone a text accidentally on purpose. <laughs> so I sent Bayo a text saying, "What time are you meeting up golf tomorrow? I'll probably be there about three o'clock." <laughs> thinking this will get a response because he'll be like, "What are you want about, mate?" Nothing. Still blanked. So, uh, yeah. So, should we find out the nominees for this one then? Keith Curls hunt for a promotion. Peterborough United season. Sam Hoskins one match suspension. Forest Green Rovers versus the Cobblers. The winner is. Oh, Sam Hoskins one match suspension. Sam Hoskins was sent off by referee Peter Wright in the 11th minute of what was to be the Cobblers' final game of the regular season against Mansfield Town. With the outbreak of COVID-19 causing football to be suspended, Hoskins' one-match ban was served over a period of 107 days. 
Well, that is another Bayo for lovely Sam. Bless him. That was quite uh, an eventful match for him. And uh, my personal highlight of that match, I have to say, was Keith Kill's face when Sam got sent off. Um, it's a sight to behold. But um, shall we hear from another one of our guests then? We'll be back shortly, apparently. Hello to the listeners of the It's All Cobblers to Me podcast. I'm Matt Sammons. Uh, I run the YouTube channel Cobblers Vlogs. And we'd love to have some of the It's All Cobblers to Me listeners come and subscribe and check us out as well. So once you finish this podcast, please do go and check us out on YouTube. That's Cobblers Vlogs. Anyway, Charles has asked me to have a look back at the 1920 season for the Cobblers, where in pre-season, um, after making 13 signings, we were all pretty hopeful. Um, and our hopes were sort of crushed. Um, when we lost to the likes of Brackley in pre-season. But then that really showed that pre-season doesn't really mean anything um, because, again, we had a poor start to the season, lost um, to Walsall, drew to Port Vale. And the first game I saw us play uh, was when we played Swansea away from home um, and lost 3-1 in the Carabao Cup, but we went 1-0 up. Uh, We kept Swansea at bay for a good 40, 50 minutes in that game. Um, and that really got my hopes up. Obviously, we lost to a championship side. That really got my hopes up. Um, but then the hopes were crushed by Macclesfield and when we lost to them and then raised again when we beat Swindon and raised even further when we beat Plymouth at home as well. So we sort of had our hopes pushed up and then brought back down to earth again. And that was really the story of the season. Um, then after that win against Argyle, we threw away some 2-0 leads. Um, but then we had a massive high again where we beat Crew 4-1. And from the 19th of the 19th of October, from the 7th of December, we didn't lose a game, uh, which was an unbelievable beating run. I think it was eight games we went unbeaten in that one. And then we had a poor Christmas, which again showed our inconsistency. Um, a couple of injuries hit us. McCormack became injured, things like that. Poor Christmas. Um, but then we had an FA Cup run. Uh, we beat Chippenham and Notts County fairly comfortably. And then we took on Burton away from home. And that, for me, was the key point in the season. It really gave the squad a lift, gave the fans a lift. And beating a League One side as well, like Burton, made us think, yeah, we can go on and do this. We can go on and get promotion. So we beat Burton. I think that was a turning point in our season. I think that really lifted everybody and brought the club together, like the Derby game as well. Um, but then we had a poor February, which sort of dented our playoff hopes again. Um, and then the pandemic hit, which was just, you know, really unexpected. And we were, weren't in great form. Going into that. We'd obviously beaten Grimsby 3-0, but we'd lost to a Mansfield side that weren't particularly good. So we were sort of thinking, oh, is that the season over? We're going to stay in League 2. But then it was announced that we got the playoffs. And against Cheltenham, I think our hopes were all back down again, where we thought, oh, no, here we go again. We've lost the first leg, 2-0. This isn't great. Um, and then the second leg against Cheltenham was just my favourite game of the season. Um, by far, how we did it, the circumstances, it was just absolutely unbelievable. Um, and then the final, brilliant, we got promoted. So I couldn't really have asked for much more, really. Inconsistent, obviously there's problems with the style of football that some people have got. I don't really care. As long as we get results and we're in League One next season, which we are, then I'm happy, to be honest. Um, just quickly, to finish off, my favourite games this season, um, the 4-1 B crew was definitely a memorable one um, against a good crew side. The 4-2 against Burton, I feel like that was the turning point in our season where the fans really united and we you know, we were going to go on a cut run. We were going to get this promotion push. We were singing that Pump It Up song for the first time as well. Um, my player of the season would be Charlie Goode. Um, I think so. you've got the likes of Vidane Oliver, Nicky Adams, 
people like that who haven't really, because obviously Adams has been in the side, but Oliver's been in and out, um, but Cormac's been in and out as well. So I'd give it to Charlie Goode, been consistent all season and has been unbelievable at the back for the Cobblers. So we need to keep hold of him in League One. And my hopes for League One next season, we need to you know, stay up next season and then try and establish ourselves as a League One club. I think we underestimated how good us staying in League One last time was um, before us getting relegated in the next season. So hopefully we can establish ourselves as a League One club. So that was pretty much my sort of quick review of the season. Um, inconsistent, but I don't care. We went up um, and there were some good memories in there as well. So thanks, guys, for having me on. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Welcome back to part three. Plenty of awards still to come, including that all-important player of the season, as well as the playoffs, of course. The Cobblers also had their best FA Cup run for 16 years, culminating in a fourth-round replay defeat to Derby County. What were your favourite memories of the FA Cup run, Danny? Any that stood out for you? What a run. Great run, wasn't it? I remember Chippers for start with, and Chessie getting completely blocked into Chippenham. But we took <laughs> over Chippenham basically; they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it, but but they were they were a good club, Chippenham. They've been following us through the season, so we made a new club friend there. It was the second one, Notts County. That was pretty straightforward. Um, Burton obviously was one of the performances of the season. I thought, and that that was kind of the the performance that people were looking for in the playoffs. So they they were thinking. We've got to go and put in a performance like that. So that was the benchmark that we set for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, Derby, I think the whole the whole thing just brought the club together again, I thought. We were in a decent run of form in the league. Um, the whole week of build-up was pretty good, pretty special. Um, the atmosphere in the stadium that night and around the stadium just brought back so many good memories of, of cup runs and big games before that we I don't think we've had for quite a few years. So it was really nice just to go down the ground and just to be that like, we met up and had, had a few beers and just... We went up to the rowdy section in the home game, didn't we? And <laughs> we you did. just just needed that one because I, th- I thought we were in the game for, for all of it that first leg, uh, first first game. Well, I think we should have won it. I mean, we probably yeah, yeah I mean, we had the chances to, didn't we? <laughs> Charlie um, had a bit of a shit house moment taken down. Um, old uh, what's his face, Jack Marriott. Jack Marriott, yeah. Uh, but we'll forget about that. But uh, yeah, I, th- I thought we could have won it. And obviously, then we draw Man United and we take a billion people to Derby for the replay, and that was a. Good night as well, but probably actually preferred the first game in in some ways. It's decent to go to Derby and and play there mm. and for the atmosphere and stuff. But I thought that that home game with Derby we had, it was probably the best atmosphere we've had this season, um, and it, it just shows again what we, what the potential is for us. And it's frustrating that we that we haven't reached those levels in the last few years. But as soon as a big game comes around, the town comes out, then the town gets behind them. So yeah, let's go and do that again next season. It's got some big games oh, coming I'd up. Love to. Got some properly decent games coming up next season, so let's get back up. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Good cup run. And, but it was a good cup The financial run. side of it as well was pretty helpful to the, what was to come, I think. I mean, yeah, I, I think if the club could have wished for anything to happen, in hindsight, it would have been a great cup run, and, and based on the fact that obviously the season getting curtailed early and everything, and I, they basically got their wish. Um, I mean, okay, we could have gone one better, and uh, and had that that home game potentially with with United as well. That would have obviously brought in a, even more money. Um, but um, but no, I thought. I mean, my my big memory, other than obviously the. Uh, the Derby game because it was the the Derby matches both of them they were the only two that I went to in the cup run um Notts County stands out for me I don't know about whether it stands out at all for Neil 
both uh, Neil and I were, were struggling to watch it on a plane as we flew back from Portugal. We we were t- trying and failing, Charles, because we I think we, we we were flying EasyJet and trying to get Wi-Fi on EasyJet is no easy task. <laughs> well, it's impossible. And also, what it is, we were pretty hungover. So, <laughs> yes, I think trying to see our phones at that point was difficult enough. Definitely. Well, yeah, actually, you're quite right. Um, I'm going to presume here, Chessie, that your favourite moment was Chippers. Oh, I love Chippers. The Dane getting his goal or goals. Was it goal or goals? Can't remember. But anyway, it was brilliant. But um, it was a great day out. Like Danny said, I almost missed the game because, you know, the roads of Chippenham are not made for Northampton Town supporters. But it was it was a cracking little cup run, wasn't it? Chippenham became Woodstock for three hours. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> mental. Chippenham became and Woodstock. Yeah, Sean literally abandoned the car and we had to run. <laughs> that that is that is really good. That is a really, really good thing that you did. <laughs> Going abandoning the car just because there were that many people <laughs> descending on one village. Like when it starts snowing and people just start leaving their cars on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, it was literally like that. It was mental. And also Sean runs really quickly and I was trying to keep up with him. I was like, what? This is ridiculous. He just left me behind. I didn't even know where I was going. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Charles. Yes, Neil. It was Chippenham that we were trying to watch on the plane. Yeah, it was. I was no. thinking that. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Because yeah. I thought I watched Notts County in Florida. Oh. Because I was thinking, I thought, I thought I did. I think you're right. Maybe it was Chippenham then. It was. I just checked the date. 10th of November. Mm. Uh, it wasn't it on, no, it wasn't on telly, was it? It was on the... It was on Bet 365, but I was when you were yeah, saying it, I was trying to think because um, I was trying to work out when Neil got married to work out when the first round was. I was like, I'm sure Neil was married yeah. by the time we were at Notts County. I mean, to be fair, it's almost like we planned this because our next award <laughs> is a, <laughs> a podcast gap of the year, uh, which, of course, celebrates all of the mistakes. There's another one added to the list. Already um, heard my we made, oh, <laughs> Already heard mine. Uh, all of those mistakes that we made on the pod over the course of the season, uh, which, of course, there have been many, haven't there, Jesse? There have indeed, <clears throat> Richard Hope. Uh, they've managed hey. to choose from this, this category, but we managed <laughs> to narrow it down to just four. I wonder what they could be. Charles naming Richard Hope in his greatest ever 11. Danny missing the playoff final team news. Charles mistaking Mark Cooper for Mark Cooper. And Neil breaking his microphone live on air. Here to present the awards. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, chaps, the winner is... Uh, we don't even need a drum roll, do we really, Charles? Because it's you, funnily enough. Make no mistake, this is one of the biggest awards of the evening and after narrowly missing out last year, Charles is delighted to pick up the gong this time around. I mean, Richard Hope? Really? That Richard Hope gaff. Oh my life. I mean, we still talk about it regularly today. That's how bad it was. But congrats, mate. (laughs) Thanks very much. I mean, I will say this. It wasn't actually that long ago that it happened. So the fact that we're still talking about it, it was about two months ago. We've been in lockdown for 15,000 years, remember? (laughs) I still wake up in a cold sweat. (laughs) <laughs> can i just clarify as well charles what we were doing for that podcast because it was one of the um it was one of the lockdown podcasts right so we were thinking of things to do yeah. with what so 
the brief was let's name our greatest that's the best ever uh most wonderful amazing our favorite ever cobbler's players right yeah and you chose richard hope <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and I'd like to thank my family, friends, and podcast <laughs> colleagues, of course, for this award. While I revel in my deserved win, let's hear from our next guest, shall we? It's Gabriel Sutton. So congratulations to Northampton Town on their promotion uh, and everyone at Cobblers to me. Um, I think for much of the season, um, it was pretty much a par campaign, I think, for the Cobblers. After um, a lot of investment in the summer, there was expectation on you to get promoted and and possibly more so than than the other teams in the playoffs i mean uh, cheltenham were ahead of schedule um colchester may be a little bit of pressure from their point of view but they've kind of got quite a sustainable structure and uh, you'd say something similar about extra as well so i think it was really important for northampton given that you'd been investing in a lot of players who probably see themselves as league one standards that you actually delivered and um i think really you could, there was an argument to say that you weren't in great form towards the end of the, the league season and and maybe Port Vale could have overtaken you had uh, that campaign continued. But um, I think you've got to credit Keith Kerr for the performances his side um, delivered in those two playoff games. Uh, obviously went down 2-0 to Cheltenham in the first leg of the semi-final, but then came back with an outstanding um, display at Wadden Road with um, I, I just love those direct balls into Vidane Oliver and then Callum Morton sort of playing off him um, and uh, and obviously Alan McCormack sort of de- dictating play in that midfield fantastic performance again in the final it was so, so sort of dominant wasn't it um, I mean again I'm a massive fan of Charlie Good. Um, I think he's a fantastic centre back in terms of doing the basics he's got a great long throw on him as well hasn't he um, Alan McCormack, I see that you've released, um, which I think is a bit of a shame because you could argue that when fit, he's probably been your best player this season. But maybe uh, in the current climate, you didn't want to uh, spend too much on wages for a player who might not be available and for matches that might not go ahead. So I suppose I can understand it from a a business perspective. But um, yeah, I be difficult to get hold of uh, Callum Morton again uh, next season. Um, you just wonder whether there might be uh, bigger League One clubs that uh, would be interested in him. But he certainly seems to have found a home there. Uh, credit as well to Nicky Adams, who provides that qual- uh, that creativity from wide, and Sam Hoskins with uh, that kind of direct uh, running. I think he's probably been one of the more underrated uh, forwards in League Two over the last few years, and possibly in League One as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, uh, yeah, I like Hoskins. And, um, I mean, I know there have been complaints about the style of football at times and, and maybe they would have come to the surface a bit more if, if the results had, uh, um, hadn't had been what, uh, you know, at the level they are or had been a bit worse. But um, but I think in the end, uh, you've got the job done. So um, just about saying, you know, well done to Keith Carroll and um, be really interested to see how you get on next season. Time for the Goal of the Year award now. Goal of the year. Now this was complicated because I wanted to, we wanted to do this on, as a. We wanted to do this as a Hold on, no. What do you mean? This was com- goal of the year. How complicated is that? Well, no, complicated in the process because I was trying to. We we're trying to get the vote going on Facebook, right? I put up um, the voting for our Facebook followers, so they could only choose one at a time. So basically, run it as a tournament. Uh, so I put each goal up against it, one one other goal, and we narrowed it down to the final like few. So I chose what eight options 
Yes. Uh, we had uh, Sam Hoskins against Newport, Sean McWilliams against Crawley, Scott Pollock against Carlisle, Andy Williams against Oldham, Scott Wharton against Crewe, Andy Williams against Crewe, Sam Hoskins, Wonderstrike against Salford, Chris Lyons against Morecambe, <laughs> and Callum Morton against Grimsby. So basically played them off against each other. We came to the final uh, earlier today, which was Chris Lyons and Callum Morton, and we came up with the winner. So the, this was voted for by our lovely followers on the Facebook. Was it like World Cup singles? It, it was exactly that. Yeah, headers and volleys. Headers and volleys. Get in. Interesting. I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see which wins, Danny, because I believe there's a volley in there. There is a volley in there. Yeah, Chris Lyons' is volley. And uh, I, I realised we didn't actually score that many wonder goals this season. Funny that. In wonder goals. <laughs> <laughs> who, who scored that? Uh, was that last season? I think it was last season. Carry on. I was thinking of that Joe Powell. That Joe Powell one. Yeah, that was definitely last season. Last season, yeah. sorry, yeah. <laughs> Remember John Frayne's free kick? That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that Duncan Spedding goal at York? Was that this season? <laughs> that was a goal a few, few years back. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, let's find out, shall we? Who's won it, Danny? Sam Hoskins, Goal of the Season Award. Your goal of the season is... Chris Lines' volley at home is Morecambe. That was great. I enjoyed that. Great strike, dude. Thunderbolt of a thwack, wasn't it? He just thought, have it. Absolute bronker. Shall we hear back Tim Oglethorpe's commentary? Oh, yes, please. Always up for Yes. 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 This is Warburton to the left-hand side of the Morecambe penalty area. Has an easy pass to Adams. Adams sets himself, gets to the dead ball line, crossing into the back post, left on the volley. Town make it four goals to one, and Chris Lyons just trots across to the far side in front of the East End, in front of the Dave Bowen stand, and milks the applause. My word, what a finish! My word, what a goal! When we started the podcast, we wanted to bring you the thoughts of fans from around the country, not just Cobblers fans, but those who support other clubs as well. We couldn't always find a fan, but one man we could always rely on to help out was good old Ashley Hoskins. And he's here now, live from prison, to present the award for Opposition Fan of the Year. It's Ashley Hoskins. Is he actually here, Charles? That's amazing. Hello. I hope so, yeah. He is. He's here, Charles. Ashley. Hello. Oh. Hello. Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Ashley. Ashley, who are you supporting from prison? Oh, it's uh, just gone to uh, Warsaw now. Because Crawley and, and Notts County were just really disappointing. So, Warsaw. Should we find out who's won? I'd, I'd like to, yeah. Uh, well, have I not won? I thought you'd phone me because I'd won, Charles. Have I not won? Uh, no. No, sorry, oh. Ashley. No. I can't think of the words to, to describe how I feel, but um, disappointing, maybe. All right, let's find out who's won. Opposition fan of the year. Who appeared on the pod? It's someone called Matthew from Stevenage. It's been a tough year for Matt from Stevenage as his much-beloved Borough won just three times all season. Despite his team's poor form on the pitch, 
Off it, Matt was a delight and deservedly wins this year's Bayo for Opposition Fan of the Year. Matt also started his own Stevenage podcast, didn't he? He did, yes. He did. The so inspired Stevenage by FC podcast. I feel like we've given it to Matt a little bit out of sympathy more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if Ashley Hoskins wasn't in prison, he probably would have deserved it. <laughs> I don't I don't want to know why Ashley Hoskins is in prison, by the way. Let's not go there. Uh instead, let's go and hear from another of our friends now. It's uh it's Will Ulrich. Hi guys, so of course I'm going to be reviewing the Cobblers season. Uh if you listen to Cobblers well, watch Cobblers Vlogs on YouTube or listen to my sports show on N Live Radio, it was pure happiness throughout the season apart from the start of the season um you know there was definitely some interesting Keith Curling Keith Curl out kind of situation not the best to start when you look at the summer transfer windows uh, signings we made I was Keith Curl out I didn't think he was the right man to take the club forward we looked at the signings and we went we shouldn't be where we are but he proved us all wrong um and did fantastically well to to turn it round. um you know you look at the FA Cup run that's a massive talking point this season the, the money generated to the football club 4,000 away fans to Derby County it doesn't happen overnight for a League Two football club, you know, and that just showed the family feel we had this season uh, as a football club, you know, and even Chippenham Town away, you know, what an away day that is, you know, you don't get that every day of the week, do you? So, what a game that was. Um, and then, of course, the cancellation of the league, well, the halting of the league, wasn't it? And again, that's, you know, something which people will look back on in history, you know, it's, it's hopefully never going to happen again, uh, this current situation we've been living in. Um, um, and what a, a strange one it was. You know, there was so much uncertainty about whether the league was going to be finished. Were top three going to just go up? Was no one going to get relegated? Who knew what was going to happen? Um, and then, of course, we were given the chance to play the playoffs. Um, Cheltenham Town, you know, in the first leg, we didn't take our chances. They did. Um, better on the night, their keeper had a blinder. Um, you know, we score the penalty. It's a completely different ball game. We don't do it. Hey-ho, you know, you've got to heads up. Um, on to the second leg then, you know, was I optimistic? No. Um, honest to God, you know, you, you travel to Cheltenham Town, you know, the best, third best defence in the 91, um, you know, in, in the 91 teams here in, in the top four leagues. Um, so it was never going to be easy. Uh, and we somehow did it. You know, what a, what a day it was for the Cobblers. You know, there's just so much belief there, so much passion. Um, you know, and what a day it was at Cheltenham. And then on to the final against Exeter, we just blew them away. You know, we nullified every single Exeter chance, every single Exeter player. We just blew it away. Um, and then the red card for Exeter just rubbed, rubbed salt in the wound. Um, and then we just carried on piling on the pressure. And what a season it was, you know. And promotion to League One is deserved for Keith Carwin. I think it's classic cobblers to get promotion behind closed doors. Um, and Keith Carwin gets his first promotion when no one's watching, eh? Um, but no, look at the season. What a season it was. A cup run, bit of money into the football club. Um, promotion to League One, you can't really ask for much more. And um, when I came on to the pre, uh, the fans thought on the Cobbers and Me podcast early on in the year, I said to finish seventh. So I got that right. Um, but uh, yeah, what a season it was. Uh, and then quickly on to next season, of course, the retain list. There's some eyebrows, eyebrows, <laughs> eyebrows raised. Um, but. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what next season is. But I do hopefully see us maintaining a League One status for the upcoming year. So there is my review of the Cobblers season. Welcome back. This year, we've shared some great moments on the podcast, like Chessie's mum slagging off Mansfield. John! Yeah, she's coming. Right, I've got an important question for you. Can you hear her? Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Don. Sure known in Mansfield. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, told you. This is amazing. It's drama. See, I told you I wasn't lying. <laughs> because we're basically just. Oh, no. Ask her what she thinks of Mansfield. What do you think of Mansfield? It's a dump. Yes! <laughs> 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 Amazing. <laughs> Be careful because you're. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now we've verified that Dawn does think that Mansfield is dumb, and we indeed do have a house there. And then, of course, there was Neil claiming that he'll be the one who decides how to say Charlie Good's surname. And Charlie Good's surname is actually pronounced good, Neil. Uh, no. No, I'm not having that. I will tell him how to pronounce his name. And he is wrong. Um, how do you spell good, Charles? Uh, G-O-O-D. Right, exactly. He's got an E on the end. It's good. I don't care what he says. I know his name better than he does. It's Charlie Good. Of course, there's been some great fun outside of the podcast too. Yeah, Charles, like you getting an Uber and asking if Pele shags around in Salford. <laughs> what? <laughs> like you getting an Uber and does Pele shag around from the Salford City game in January, Charles? What's Pele got to do with it? <laughs> what hasn't Pele got to do with it? <laughs> I was thinking more about the extra content that we provided this year through our Memory Lane series and the 2016 title winner pods. Uh, they've been they've been good, haven't they, Charles? The memory lane ones have been been great to hear lots of people's memories and kind of reminiscing about old stuff. And I've especially enjoyed the 2016 title winner pods. My personal highlight for that one was Ricky Holmes's introduction to our podcast. Yes, yes. Which shall well, she'll never be talked about, but we'll all know what it is about. We, Very we funny. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about it. I also liked. Uh, Ryan Cresswell. Oh, brilliant fun. Oh, ne- next week, folks. Next week, Ryan Cresswell. <laughs> oh, as well, though. Jason um, Taylor. Oh, Joel Byram as well is good value as well. He's, oh, he's a much more understated he guest, but he he's still got some great story. And he just looked like he's been bewildered by the whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. but really, really, really good guy, Joel. Um, My other... I sorry, I've got one more highlight from the, the title winner pods, and that is... Um, Mark Richards ripping into Charles <laughs> for at least 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That did happen. You're quite right. Yes. <laughs> um, and of course, there, there's all the extra stuff that we've delivered to our amazing Patreon supporters too, isn't there? Uh, yes. That's all gone quite well. When, when Nicky Adams turned around and went, I don't like going to Cheltenham away, and then we ended up playing them in the playoff semi-finals. Hmm, is that or is that not a coincidence, dear Nicky? <laughs> we'll he... never know. Hey, we'll Nicky loved it, know. didn't he? He, he? I watched it back the other day, actually, randomly, when I was, had a bit of a spare hour or so, and he said, he says on it, keep throwing questions at me. I'm here, lads. Keep going. Keep them coming. Yeah, keep anything. It. Oh, yeah. He was he was really in for it, really up for it, and, and going for it, wasn't he? He was loving it. He was definitely going for it, Charles. Yeah. Love it. I'm glad I said it like that. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, we're on to our penultimate award, aren't we, I think, which is, ironically, the funniest moment of the season. Um, there's been a lot of them, but should we find out who the nominations are for this one? Kevin Van Veen's sending off. Keith Curl's post-match playoff final interview. Charles drinks too much gin. Alan McCormick gets revenge on Mansfield's keeper. There can only be one winner here. <laughs> Um, it 
absolutely has to be. Well, of course, it's Kevin Van Beek getting sent off at the PTS Stroke Sixfield Stadium. After celebrating wildly in front of the Travelling Cobblers fans in October, the Dutchman was given his marching orders to a chorus of Cheerio, Cheerio, Cheerio! After falling foul to that master of shithousery, Charlie Good, in the return fixture at Sixfields. I, I just need to praise Danny for his excellent, excellent WhatsApp messages that night because... <laughs> He knew it, it, he was in the stadium and knew it had happened and obviously I wasn't and I was a long way away and was watching it on iFollow with about a 15 minute delay and mm. Danny's <laughs> message was literally, oh my god, wait, <laughs> wait for what has just happened. I remember it. I and remember I that. literally was thinking, oh god, what have we done? Because we were on an awful run at the time, I think, weren't we? And um when it unfolded, it was just a masterclass in, in Charlie Goode really, wasn't it? That's amazing. It was so funny. Just because yeah, I think we talked about it in the week before the pods, thinking, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great? If, uh, Van Veen's obviously going to score, isn't he? He's going to he's going to get one get one over us again. Wouldn't it be great if he got sent off or Charlie Goo got him sent off or something like that? I'm sure we predicted something like that. But it's just the funniest things piece of it afterwards. Get back in the car and hearing Tim Oglethorpe's commentary on it. That just made it ten times better. Ten minutes of the first half to play. One nil to Northampton Town. And uh, that's a foul. Oh, and then Von Bain pushes Charlie Good. Oh, no, what's the referee going to do here? Von Bain had a little argument, a, a, a verbal argument with Good, and then he pushed him, and Good went to ground. Former teammates of Corth, both at Scunthorpe and Northampton. Well, that's got to be at the very least a yellow card, hasn't it, from Mr. Perkis? Von Bain here for Scunthorpe back in October. What colour is the card? It's red! Kevin Von Bain is sent off against his fourth. He's got his hands on his hips as if to say, I don't quite believe this, but I tell you what, if you raise your hands and push an opposition player, you get the red card. And uh, that's exactly what's happened here. And the crowd in the West End sing, of course, cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. Oh, hero to villain in the space of four months, Michael Harriman is, uh, oh, I think gonna have a word with him with Bombay. Bombay walks off. Let's just see if he keeps his call here. He's getting a chorus of boos. He's barked at me at Nicky Adams. He's barked at me at David Kelly. And Scunthorpe would add to 10 men. Nine minutes to play here at the PTS until halftime. BBC Radio Northampton. The Cobbles are one up. Happy days. Von Vane's in the dressing room. One more award to come. And of course, we'll be looking back at that night at Wembley. Right after this from Chronicle and Echo reporter James Hennigan. Hi, boys. Uh, James from the Cron here. Just going to give my thoughts on the season. Um... Yeah, it's difficult to know where to start, to be honest, because um, it feels like it's been such a long season and so much has happened. It's not easy to sort of pinpoint the exact key moments. Um, you know, obviously, what with the, the pandemic and everything. Um, but I think there are a few moments where you look back on and you think, oh, those were really pivotal. And I think one of those was the Scunthorpe defeat in, was it in October, I think? Um, September or October. Um, lost 3 0 away. Uh, I think they were 18th after that game, and it also came after the 1 0 home defeat to Lane Orion. And as you can imagine, social media was not very happy after that game and had a lot of angry people. And there, was, there were quite a few calls for the manager to go. And, you know, it was understandable at the time to an extent because there was a lot of promise going into the season, and, you know, it started so poorly, and you did sort of fear the worst. Um, 
but they seem to use that as sort of a real turning point and as a, as a real catalyst. I remember going down to the training ground for the press conference a few days after that, and they were training at such a f- ferocious intensity, and there was a few scuffles, and you know, they seemed to really fire themselves up after that defeat. And then what I think is perhaps overlooked is what happened a couple of games later at Carlisle. Um, it was nil-nil at half-time, quite a dull first half, and that's when Cole first switched to three at the back. Um, and they went on to win that game 2-0. Scott Pollock scored his first ever goal. And then that seemed to really sort of be a springboard. They won six of the next day. And that three at the back, obviously, since then has been uh, phenomenal. And that's been a key part of their season. And I think it's important not to rewrite history and to sort of pretend everything was rosy and, you know, that they were great all season. Because there were low moments and it has been a bit up and down and definitely moments where you weren't, convinced that this the team and manager had quite got it right and they, they, they were good enough for promotion but to be honest I always thought that just being a promotion contention was a good achievement um, given where they were when Cole took over and it would have given them a nice platform going into the next season had they finished 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th and not gone up um, but obviously as it was you know, what happened was pretty phenomenal and still, still sort of trying to get over it really um, but I think that that sort of it's not too much of a surprise in the sense that that under Curl they've always seemed to perform well in the big games and I think that bodes well for next season. You think of the FA Cup and the Plymouth game at the start of the season, they beat Crew. Um and obviously there's a lot of talk over the style of play and a bit too direct sometimes and, and that is true that, you know, sometimes they, they don't get the balance right, especially at home and I'm thinking the Stevenage home game. Obviously they won it in the last minute, but that was very direct and that was that was I was perhaps taking it a bit too far, but I think it sometimes get lost in the fact what gets lost is they do mix it up a bit, and especially away from home, thinking the Burton away game, Cheltenham in the playoffs, and, and a few others, where um, they do play some decent football, and I think that would be even more the case in League One, where there's a bit more space, a bit more space to play, you know, get your foot on the ball a bit, um, and let's be honest, it's League Two football, um, and they had, I think, 22, 23 shots in the playoff final. Um, and, and it's very rarely dull to watch. It might not be the prettiest to actually sit there and view, but there's always something happening. And I think that will be the case again next season. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just been a, a phenomenal season. Really enjoyed covering them. And I, I'm so pleased for Keith Gale because he is a genuinely nice bloke who it, it means a lot to him. I think we saw that after the playoff final. It really means a lot to him. And, yeah, I really hope they can kick on next season and I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, delighted they've gone up and looking forward to League One. Cheers. Let's take you back to Wembley, shall we? Yes. Again, good. Uh, again into the six-yard box. Oliver rises, cleared only as far as Watson. Shooting chance. Watson on his left foot. Drills it, gets a deflection. Oh, into the net. Get in. Ryan Watson scores for the Gobblers in the 10th minute of the contest. Set himself, kept his cool, and rifles home from just outside the penalty area. Northampton draw first blood. Nicky Adams coming off looking disconsolate, hugely disconsolate, almost in tears as he speaks to the physio. Here comes a free kick taken by Good to the back post. Wharton wins it. Header across the face of the goal. And tucked in from close range and Northampton Town lead and it's that man again you know it's that man again Callum Morton who scores and Northampton Town double their lead 
Oh, he sent him off. off. It's off. a red card. It's a red card. Turnbull goes long. An offside against uh, Morton. Morton and Smith both away here. It comes to Morton. Morton controls on his chest. Does well to find Marshall. Flag. Play goes on. No flag. Uh, Marshall inside the penalty for 3 0. Pulls it across for Hoskins. Yes! And that's it. Sam Hoskins scores. Yes, and Northampton Town take a giant step towards promotion. Long throw for the cobbler. Smith's in there. Smith flicks on. And it's been turned in the net for 4 0. Andy Williams a substitute on the pitch for only a matter of seconds. Has put the icy on the cake. And the cobbler's players. It's party time, folks. is uh, possession for the Grecians just inside their own half with Martin. He finds Tom Parks. There goes the final whistle. Northampton Town are promoted to League One. And here they go. There's the club. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. There's the pictures for the Chronic and Echo and the Evening Telegraph. The Cobblers are going through into Division One. Bring them on because we deserve it. We want to, We wanted this victory far more than everybody else, and we've got it, Jake. It's just delightful to be here. What a night that was, eh? Neil, you've not been here. We've not been able to speak to you since that night. You got lost at Six Fields in all the celebrations. How are you and how happy are you? I've been I've been riding the wave <laughs> of euphoria. Finally. Is that Keith Curl's wave? Finally, I'm on Keith Curl's wave. Yes. Uh, I've been loving life in, in, in all honesty. It's been brilliant, hasn't it? What a performance. What a way to end the season. And I think everybody, and this has been said numerous times actually, uh, but everybody at the club and and around the club um, all sort of got came together as one almost, didn't they? Which is the best best way to come together, I think. And um, it's just one of those feelings, isn't it? Because I think it's been such a tough, it's been a, it's been such a tough few months, and then it's it it's amazing what in the grand scheme of things, right? With with this whole pandemic and stuff, look, football's not really that important. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world at the moment. You've got the, you know, the Black Lives Matter stuff. You've got, you know, people dying from from this COVID nineteen and all that sort of stuff. People are struggling financially. There's a lot of strife in the world at the moment, and then something like that comes along, and it's amazing what what it can actually do for for your own mental health in terms of a pick me up and and instantly change your mood. Um, and I'm not sure Exeter fans will probably feel that way. Um, it might have added a, 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 a kind of a worse reaction then, but for for us, yeah, it's, look, it's been fantastic, and it could you can't dream of a better performance at Wembley or or a, an easier performance. It was never. It was like what we said about the the Cheltenham game. It never felt like we were in in danger really, but it it you know the, the second leg that is. But being cobblers, obviously, you still worry. Even even at three 0 I still thought right, we need a fourth here just to be sure. But yeah, what what. What a game, what a time. The celebrations at Sixfields afterwards were great to see. Caveated a little bit. that I think people probably probably should have been a little bit more sensible in terms of social distancing. But I, I understand the, the excitement and the euphoria. People have obviously had quite a few drinks and stuff. Um, but yeah, brilliant. It's been amazing, hasn't it? It certainly has. And, and you're, you're right in what you say about how it can lift a mood. It can also turn some people into raging alcoholics. Uh, talking about myself there, obviously. Uh, go on, Chessie, you wanted to say something. I was going to say there's some absolutely cracking videos going around of Adam Morton at Sixfields on Monday night. Can we just point out one absolute legend? 
just if you could bottle Northampton Town Football Club, he he is it in a nutshell. He really is. He's an absolute legend. And seeing his face at Sixfields on uh, Monday night was a sight, I tell you. Absolutely, absolutely. Danny, have you recovered yet? Not really, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's basically, it's every, the, the good thing is now our season's done and we're promoting and everything. Every football match just seems amazing now. You're, like, you're just watching and thinking, ah, oh, completed it. We've done it. We've done ours. We can just sit back and watch every other game. I was watching the, the League One semi-finals the other day and I was just laughing. I just started laughing. I was like, oh, we've done that. <laughs> I don't think. I think if we'd have lost, I wouldn't have watched another match this season. It's weird, but just every football match I watch now just gives me so much happiness. Just because I remember back, I thought, "Oh yeah, we played football last week. We won. We did an amazing." <laughs> um, <laughs> it's yeah. And what what an amazing week! Just everything that comes out of it, isn't it? And it, it's it's sad in a way that it's a couple of days later you have to have the news of the retained list, and it's always the it's more difficult after promotion because you suddenly you're brought back down to earth and you suddenly there's a lot of players who you really care about losing their jobs and stuff. And that that's a bit of a come down of it. Um, but hopefully they'll get sorted out because of the reputation they've got from promotion and stuff. Um, the real, uh, particularly in obviously sad to see the turn dog and Adam McCormack go um, great characters about the club. And I think we, we love them both. We love quite a lot of them that have left, but particularly those two, I was a bit, a little bit surprised, but kind of understandable in the grand scheme of things, but we'll, we'll, we'll absolutely miss them. Special mention as well, I think, to uh, Di Cornell as well. Yes, Maybe yeah, yeah. More so for, um, you know, everything that he's done, not just on the pitch, but also off it in the work in the community that he's done as well. Um, because actually, I think he'll be sorely missed from that side of the football club as well. Um, a, a good servant, I think, to this football club, regardless of how you feel about, you know, his, his goalkeeping prowess. I think he's been a really, really good servant of this mm. football club, and, and I'd like to wish him well. Mm. Um, and it I says a lot about him. I love that that video as well of him throwing tickets in the air. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was Christmas, Ooh, wasn't it? When yeah. it all started to go bad. Christmas, yeah. <laughs> Christmas giveaway. Christmas giveaway because we can't sell the tickets because we're so rubbish. <laughs> and now look. <laughs> <laughs> So now it's time for our final award of the show. It's the big one. It's the It's All Cobblers to Me player of the season, as voted by you, our Twitter followers. Uh, Shall we find out who's nominated? It's All Cobblers to Me player of the year. Charlie Good, Nikki Adams, Sam Hoskins, Jordan Turnbull, Vidane Oliver. And the winner of the Bayo to end all Bayos is well of course it's Charlie Good Charlie Good deservedly takes this year's player of the season award by a landslide making his move from Scunthorpe permanent in the early days of pre-season Good was immediately given the captain's armband he went on to provide some classic moments such as the shithousery which saw both Kevin Van Dien and Alex Adai get sent off for reacting classic Charlie Good he deserves that award, doesn't he? He's been fantastic. Absolutely. That is, he's, he's been, without doubt, the player of the season, hasn't he? I think so. I, I think, especially when you look at consistency as well. Because, I mean, there's been a couple of other standout performers that have, like, like Alan McCormack's been, you know, he, he was, at, at times, there was even a, a case where a lot of fans were saying, look, we can't win without Alan McCormack on the pitch. Um and he, he was integral to the success, but actually 
he missed a lot of games as well. And there was a couple of games where he didn't really influence it that much. Um, whereas good has been, he's just been at a level all throughout the season, hasn't he? He's been, he's just been consistently fantastic. Um, I think it'll be, let's hope he's here next season. Is the, yeah, it's basically the embodiment of a captain and a manager being completely on the same wavelength. You could tell why Keith chose him as the captain, probably part of why he came as well, but you you could tell from last season is is exactly what Keith wanted in a captain and a, a and the main defender. Um, pretty much encapsulates the whole of what Keith Cole wants in one character. So definitely won it by a landslide as well on our Twitter vote. Did he? He did. Yeah, he did an absolute landslide. Yeah. Do, do you agree with everything that's been said about Charlie Chessy? Yeah, definitely. And going back to what um, Neil was saying about Alan McCormack, actually, Charlie Goody's definitely our player of the season because if you look at when we signed Alan McCormack. We knew what we were getting, and frankly, anything other than what we got this season would have not been acceptable from Alan McCormack. We knew what we were getting, got it, brilliant, great player. But actually, with Charlie, we knew he was good, good, good. But um, he, he, I think he went above and beyond what was expected of him, and I think that's where he ages it. And even well, I can I say that know. as much as I love don't Alan. Know. Don't know, Jeffy. I don't think you, if you listen back to the the podcast episode we did right at the start of this season with fans that came on. I think you were one of them, actually, Jeffy, before you became an official <laughs> member. Pretty sure I, I said that Charlie Goode will be a lot better than Aaron Pierre was and will be, will be absolutely fantastic. So, you know, speak for yourself, mate. Oh, but yeah, but I did predict that we would finish seventh and go up. So, I mean, who's the real winner here? Let's be honest. Hey, hey, that's one prediction I've had correct. One you've had correct. Charles, you predicted 4-0. That's one you've had correct. Yeah. Dan- Danny? Did you predict curl out? Danny? I thought we all Danny? predicted Hello? curl out at some point. Danny? Well, I didn't. I did not. I oh, come on. <laughs> go back. Like, oh, everyone listening to the podcast, they go back to around about the 4 0 defeat the Crawley and see what we thought. <laughs> see what <everyone> thought <laughs> no, the Exeter one was when I lost it, wasn't it? Yeah, the Exeter one for Jesse, yeah. <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> Fabulous. That is the end of this year's annual Bayos. Uh, congratulations to all the winners and commiserations to Posh. who couldn't <laughs> even win an award on our show. Uh, thank you for listening and for helping to make this podcast the huge success that it is. We are not going anywhere. The football might have ended for the Cobblers for the time being, but we will be back each and every week. Back on a Tuesday, we're not going anywhere. Next week, you'll be able to hear finally, I know you've been looking forward to it, that Ryan Cresswell and Jason Taylor interview that we did a few weeks back. Trust me, it is one not to miss. And if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll be able to actually go and watch the video. And trust Which me here, <laughs> trust me, if, if you could afford to, to sign up to our Patreon, even if it's just for one month to be able to go and watch that video, <laughs> it is well worth it. Absolutely brilliant ryan cresswell you are a legend um make sure you check out cobblers to me.com to read our thoughts on the retained list and also to catch up on all our previous episodes we'll be back next week as i said there's only one thing left to say isn't there really it's been a year but bye ash it's all cobblers to me is a vibrant sound media production other awards handed out this year. Squad player with best hair, as awarded by Keith Curl, was won by Jordan Turnbull for the second year running. Podcast follower of the year went to Tim Smith. Well done, Tim. And as a reward, we've emailed you Charles's credit card number. 
I'm Ant McGinley, and I did not win an award. For once. What is this script? Charles! Oh, for Instead, go and listen to my podcast, On the Left Side, the funny football podcast. Certainly fucking funnier than this. And just so you know, I recorded this whole thing in my pants. Actually, that's a lie. <laughs> They're Charles's pants. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.